From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland edition for the week of July 17th, 2011. I'm your host this week, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by my fellow Disneyland correspondents, Wayne Toygo, Nancy Johnson, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, we'll discuss two new interactive character experiences at California Adventure, Phineas and Ferb's Rockin' Rollin' Dance Party, and the Wilderness Explorer overlay to the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. All that, plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome, everybody. Greetings. Hello. Hey. <laughs> this is so weird. What? No, oh, recording oh, in the morning? Recording in the morning, yeah. Uh, due to my travel plans, we are recording a day or two earlier than normal, and we're also recording before lunch, which is really weird. Going hey, that means I'm going to be extra perky today. We normally record at, what, 9, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock at, night, at night, yeah. we're all punchy, and this is like, we're punchy, but not in the right kind of way. And if you ask my wife, I'm not a morning person. Yes, I'm a teacher, which doesn't really make sense. You get much better instruction in my classroom after lunch. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'm doing my best. Wayne, are you still at work? Negative. <laughs> all, all is power up today. Are you all surviving Carmageddon? We are. I am not going anywhere that isn't Burbank this weekend, man. <laughs> you know that actually made the news up here. It made the news in Orlando. I was talking to Teresa yesterday, and she was like, oh, yeah, uh, what's Carmageddon? <laughs> and you know what was interesting is I was in San Diego this week, and they're on the um, electronic LED signs on the freeway down here in downtown San Diego. It said the same thing. It didn't say Carmageddon, but it said, um, you know, the, the freeway is going to be closed. And I thought, man, they're like, they're letting everybody know. Mm-hmm. And now I just yeah, read yeah, an article a, this a, morning. Yeah, it was on the signs up here, too, actually. Well, Heck, did you hear about the local cyclists that waited till they shut everybody down, and then they uh, they organized a massive stealth bike ride down the four, down the closed four hundred five last night? Nice. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and yeah, I read it in, uh, I read this morning that uh, now they're worried that things are going too well. Like maybe everybody's going to get back in their car now that oh, there's no traffic. Okay, I'm going to take advantage. So I just think it's funny that everything's a huge deal. Well, the oddest thing about it was something you told me about, Tom, was that JetBlue was offering $4 flights <laughs> yeah. from Burbank to to Long Beach. Yes, that's- I heard. I was talking to my friends yesterday, and I heard the same exact thing, and that that's exactly, like, it was just at no cost for them, for the airline, but they got great PR. Oh, yeah. They're not losing money, but they're not making any money. I mean, my husband and I even looked at each other and said, oh, we could go do that, eat at the airport there, and come back. You're not the only one, because all of us us were saying, let's do it just for fun. The things we Californians do. Yeah. And yes, Wayne, I will be traveling. Um, I am, as well, when this podcast goes up, I will be in the middle of whatever ocean is next to Alaska. Um, If anybody wants to follow me on... That disappoints me. (laughs) Say again, what? Whatever... Whatever ocean is next to Alaska. Yeah, okay. Oh, my God. Well, I know it's the Pacific Ocean, but I don't know if there's, like, different names up in that area. Oh, oh, send him back to grade school, please. We, yeah, American, I'm we a, Americans I'm... don't know our geography. Come on. Oh, <laughs> speak for yourself, dude. <laughs> Boo. Fresnoans don't. Oh, and, and I'm sorry for all the other Fresno listeners we have, because really I didn't mean it for the rest of you, but. 
You, you mean his wife? We have other Fresno listeners? We don't have other Fresno listeners. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'll be posting a bunch of pictures on Facebook, I'm sure, because I'll be... Because Alaska, I know Alaska is part of the U.S., so I'll be able to use my AT&T phone there. So. There we go. Anybody else have any housekeeping? I do. Um, in the last show, we talked about um, Nikki doing a Give Kids the World locks challenge, you know, desperately afraid of locks. Well, they have actually met the basic goal. So if you're around the Grand Californian on Friday morning, August 5th, come have breakfast <laughs> at Storytellers. And, and hey, man, I am actually going to go out and get her a fresh, beautiful, freshly baked, decent bagel as opposed to those little lenders bagel things they have on the the buffet so she can have it on at least something tasty. <laughs> are, are they going to – is Disney going to charge like a corkage fee for the bagels and put in your, your own bagel? I wouldn't put it past him. And then, of course, I guess with that, we should also remind people about Tony's challenge. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am now sharing it with people. So um, <clears throat> it's I'm the tutu and wings for $2,000 running the Pr- Disney Princess Half Marathon. It's the Tinkerbell Half Marathon. Tinkerbell. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. I just know I'm wearing the stuff and I'm running. Um, well, I'm going to rename it the Princess Half Marathon. Okay. Um, the Tinkerbell Half Marathon. Um, and if we raise $2,000, I will wear the not full outfit. I was talking to people this week. I was out of town and maybe from all over the country, and they started trying to add other pieces to the costume. <laughs> awesome. You should add. I said no, two thousand dollars just for the wings and the tutu, and they're like, "Well, you need to put a tiara." I'm like, "No, no, no, a wand, so I can impale myself as I'm running." No, I'm just letting everybody know. As exciting as that sounds, we're going to keep it with what it is. But can somebody remind me when the uh, what's the day actually of this thing? I don't know. Jan- it's in January. January. It's in okay. January, so we have time, but not that much time. So start donating. I do have actually one more housekeeping thing sure, that I forgot to mention. <clears throat> I apologize for my voice. The I talked about the new restaurants at Disney's California Adventure, and I was going to have a blog up, and I was out of town all week. I apologize that the blog's not up, but it will be up next week so or this week, depending on when you listen to it. So I didn't forget... It's coming. Because yep. I know people were waiting with bated breath for pictures of the antipasta salad. So. And one of those skewers. <laughs> yeah. With the tzatziki. Yes. <laughs> Which I actually didn't like either. I didn't. Ah, see? There to, okay. Well, no, the skewer was good. The chicken itself was good. And it was nice and juicy, the one we had last weekend, but... I didn't really care much for the tzatziki sauce. I did really like the green chimichurri sauce, though. Did, and, was, and did you take, think the rice tasted funny? I actually liked the rice taste because I know that they cook their rice with chicken broth. I mean, that's kind of I mean that probably is veg, with vegetable broth instead of chicken broth, which, which is more traditional. But I still I liked the flavor of the rice. Okay, so was did you think I? I mean, of course you might think that I overstated everything, but did you think it was as good? Was it as good as when you had the preview food? Um, be honest. Well, the preview you you can't quite look at it in the same way because the preview food okay, was made in smaller good. in smaller quantities. I mean, it's a different situation when you're cooking for you know party appetizers than when you're cooking quickly. But I thought the chicken was just about as tender. Okay, so would you go back as this is going to be one of the restaurants that I'm going to go to whenever I'm at um, 
California Venture? Actually, I do want to try some of the other items because I only tried the chicken kebab from there, but because I went and got pizza for the kid for the girls, which I actually got for the for my two kids. I actually found it a better value to go and get one of the flat bread cheese, you know, the cheese flatbreads as opposed to the kids' cheese pizza. I actually thought that that worked better for my two kids than getting the other one because the style of pizza is different between the flatbread and the kids' cheese pizza. You're being a politician. You're not really answering the question. Okay. Okay. Yes, I would actually go back and try it. Okay, so you're going to go back in California and just go, ooh, you know what sounds good? That, And you're going to go there. Yeah, I think I actually, I think I would actually go to try it again. Okay. We'll see. So, I mean, and I actually tried the cheesecake that you guys all hated. <laughs> no, it was just me and my, my family, yeah. And you well, liked it? I actually thought it was okay. Um, okay, wait, maybe, wait, you said it was okay. No, I actually liked it. My girls actually liked it. It okay. it did have a very distinct lemoncello taste, which is different than plain old ordinary lemon. So you have to take that into account that the flavor is slightly different because lemoncello is an alcoholic beverage. Okay. So, but I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I'll give it another chance, but only one. Maybe mine was fresher than yours was. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I, I like it. Okay, now that the the food <laughs> review segment is over. Yeah, okay, now. We're <laughs> rapid fire. Okay, so much for that. Uh, house. Any, any more housekeeping? I should mention that we are still accepting intros to our show for the celebration of the fifth anniversary of the Diz Unplugged. Um, record your intro and send it to me, Tom, at wdwinfo.com, and we'll start including those on our next show. All right, any other housekeeping? Nope. Going once, going twice, over to Tony with the news. First news story, Sam Paracone, the patriarch of the family that ran the Citrus House on Main Street at Disneyland, for about two decades, beginning in 1961, and who owned thousands of acres of avocado, lemon, and orange groves from Arizona to California's Central Valley, has died at age 91. The citrus industry giant, whose primary residence was in Sunset Beach, died of heart failure at 12.02 a.m. Friday, 15 years to the day after his wife Mary passed away, family members said. The citrus house survived on Main Street until 1990, when the Blue Ribbon Bakery and then the Gibson Girl Ice Cream Parlor replaced it. Has anybody been around long enough to remember the Citrus House, Wayne? <laughs> nope, nope, not the Citrus House. That one's new. Okay. And 1990s, about the time I started going religiously to Disneyland, so. Okay. It harkens back definitely to a very different age of Disneyland. Lots of sponsorships. When you could buy corsets on Main Street yeah. <laughs> and lingerie. <laughs> Next story. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Hotel workers from Union Unite Here Local 11 voted overwhelmingly to approve a new contract with the Anaheim Hilton Hotel, a union official said. The union has 700 workers working for the Anaheim Hilton, the largest hotel in Orange County. Union spokeswoman Lee Shelton said the terms of the three-year contract include a signing bonus of $325 for non-tipped employees, housekeepers, dishwashers, cooks, and housemen, and $150 for tipped employees. Non-tipped employees will receive a $0.40 raise in 2011 and a $0.60 raise in 2012 for non-tipped employees. Currently, the average housekeeper's salary at the hotel is $13.05 an hour. Wow. Yeah. Sheldon said the cornerstone of the contract was an increase in health care contributions by the hotel. 
The negotiations between the Anaheim Hilton and the Union took about a year, Shelton said. The Union, which also has about 2,100 members that work at Disney-owned Paradise Pier Hotel, Grand California Hotel and Spa, and Disneyland Hotel, has been negotiating with Disney for more than three years. The huge victory was the money the hotel agreed to pay for health care, Shelton said. This is what Disney has refused. Disney spokesperson Susie Brown said in a statement, The offer we put into place includes wage increases over the next five years, decreased workloads for housekeepers, and a choice of health care, including the ability to remain in the union-sponsored plan. Over the past three and a half years, we have contributed more than $24 million to the union trust fund on behalf of our cast and will continue to do so for those who choose to remain in that plan. Brown said the Unite Here local workers saw a pay increase in their paychecks on Thursday. Shelton said the major difference between the negotiations with Disney and the Anaheim Hilton is health care costs. She says Disney is not willing to pay to keep affordable health care for its workers. Dong. Don't even get me started. <laughs> well, I think didn't did I think that story kind of alludes to the fact didn't Disney since they weren't negotiating you know the, the negotiations weren't going anywhere that they just put a plan into place and and, and you know just yeah gave everybody they did. raises and you know as if as if they had agreed to the negotiations yeah after three years. It's just, the whole thing is just ridiculous. It's making people who belong to decent unions look bad. You know, it, it's, it's tactics like this that just give unions a bad name. You mean all the, all the protesting and stuff outside the parks? And, yeah, just yeah. all that kind of stuff and, you know, and how they're instigating some of the problems. Um, and just finding things to pick fights with. I mean, there are a lot of absolutely fabulous worker unions in this country and, and a lot of good hotel worker unions. If all the if all of the unions that work at Disneyland had were fine with these contracts, except for this one, don't you think that says something? It's just, I mean, it says something about the union. If all the other thirty some odd unions are good with their relationship, so. I think that says something about union management. Anyway, that's my point. Okay, last story. Southern California related, theme park related. A group <laughs> of hundreds walked away from Knott's Berry Farm in Buena Park, recently having set a world record for the number of people husking corn at once. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Dang, that's fun. I'm not done. Y'all got some fun going on over there. Dang, dude, and you can get a shuck a, a, shuck a good husk. <laughs> I'm not going to try the accent, as you guys just failed to do. To certify the, to cer- to certify the record, Knott's needed at least 250 people. A crowd of about 100 more than that gathered at Caligo Square before the event with their soon-to-be-husked ears of corn. On the count of three, participants shucked their corn. As they did so, a Guinness World Records representative was on hand to verify the record. Each participant received a certificate noting their participation in the new world record as they left the event. Knott's Berry Farms corporate parent, Cedar Fair Entertainment, has named this year the Year of World Records, requiring each of the company's 11 parks to set a record of some sort. Let me read that again. Requiring each of the company's 11 parks to set a record of some sort. In April, 317 visitors set a record at the Carowinds Park in Charlotte, South Carolina by dying Easter eggs. 
While boysenberries are more closely associated with Knott's Berry Farm, park management chose corn husking as the record attempt because the starchy veggie was one of the crops, along with berries and rhubarb, that park founder Walter Knott grew on the lands that now host the theme park. They're requiring... Oh, that's the news. They're requiring their parks to do world records? That's like a mean teacher. Well, City I just Fair think it's an interesting... doing a lot of stuff to try and keep on top of the market right now. They're, they're I, really trying hard. I think it's, you know, what, it's interesting. What's that saying about, you know, trying to become a draw? What kind of audiences they're looking for? What kind of people they're trying to, you know, what they're trying to pull in. So they're trying some different, de- very different. Well, and I, th- I think they know they are local parks. And so they're trying to bring in the locals and, you know, that's part of it, I think, too. Yeah, the article I read on the article I read on that said people were coming from like all over the place to shut corn too. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but, but then again, they only had 351. So, is, or, did they run out of ears of corn or? Well, you know, the price of corn here in California. Jeez. Oh, that's oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I can go down to the store and get ten for a dollar. Come on. No, man, not around our area. Around here, you're lucky if you can get four for a dollar. Uh, lucky. I'll, I'll bring you some. Routine price, uh-huh. two for a dollar. I'll get it from the farm across the street. I miss the 20 for a dollar days, man. Oh, I, don't, no, I don't think I can get 20 for a dollar. Maybe six for a dollar or something like that. And that's the news. Thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire. Let's go with Nancy first. Oh, God. Let's go with Tony first. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Model of- Models of the villas at the soon-to-be-open Alani DVC Resort in Hawaii are available for viewing in the Disneyland Resort. The model rooms are at the Disney Vacation Club Preview Center between the Disneyland Hotel and Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel. Cool. That'll be fun. Okay, we gave enough time for Nancy. See if she's ready now. Uh, I accidentally closed the window on my on the blog. Wayne, rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> The Matterhorn is getting new bobsleds. <laughs> At first, I was going to report this as a rumor, but it doesn't take much research to find pictures and video of the new Matterhorn bobsled cars being tested recently. you got to love the Internet and us fanatical Disney enthusiasts. <laughs> the Matterhorn is going through a rather unusual set of multiple downtime periods for refurbishment. The closures started on June the 13th of this year for a few days and then again a week later for a few more days. These were apparently for routine maintenance. Then, just recently on July 11th, the Matterhorn went down again, and this time the attraction is closed through the 1st of September. Rumors and speculation are flying all over the Internet and some with Internet reporters. But what appears to be happening is that the mountain is indeed going to be getting new bobsled cars with additional safety features. Yay. The double seating is gone, and so are the old-style seat belts. The new cars have single seats and will have a coaster-style lap bar. There will still be two cars per Matterhorn train, but each car will only seat three guests. This means that the maximum for each bobsled pair will be six guests instead of the old eight. That should be interesting considering the Matterhorn never did break any real capacity records, but this is obviously a case where safety wins over a fast-moving queue line. Well, will it be easier for them to load without the safety, without the belts and 
have the bars instead? Will that be quicker? Yeah, because loaded? they can they can do an easier check on the equipment as opposed to having to do a visual. I'm thinking so too, and I also read that they are probably redesigning the little entrance gate area. I, I think there's going to be a lot of retrofit in order to get these new cars. Um, can can in the I add? Can I add that it's true that they're going to redo the entrance area because when I I went there when they were changing last a few months ago, um, they were changing the line format, and I asked the cast member, and they said. Yeah, we're going to be doing a bunch of renovations, and we wanted to see. I think for, I think for wheelchair accessibility, they were trying to try a different way to see what would work best. Well, that was always so awkward having to cut through the middle of the line to get in there with a the wheelchair. Yeah. Now, you are you are you saying that this renovation the cars will be in? Because I had read a rumor that it will be on the next the next time it closes, the new cars will be in. Well, the biggest changes. Um, actually occur starting at the beginning of next year. Okay. From January yeah. through June of 2012, the Matterhorn is going to be closed again. It's closed right now through the 1st of September. Right. Back this up is the supposedly, holidays. yeah, this is that, that January to June period is supposed to be when the new cars are actually installed. Gotcha. And there's supposedly a lot of other changes that are going to be made to the mountain at that time. There aren't any official details, but there are rumors of track improvements and actually updating some special effects, which will be really cool. It's too um, early, obviously, to say for sure, but until we get a bit more inside information, I think it's just going to be a lot of speculation by folks. Yep. Um, I saw pictures of the new cars, and they actually look pretty cool. They're mostly white with a dominant blue accent stripe running front to back. The cars have that molded fiberglass look to them, and the body itself is kind of plain and doesn't have much flair. But the single seats look like they're molded as part of the body with this gray cushioned seat liner, which makes up the actual seat itself. There's a little small headrest and a support bar that runs from the headrest down to the side of the body. Cool. There are conflicting rumors about what is actually going going on right now. Disney officially is just saying um, routine maintenance. Right. I'm wondering if we're going to get a sneak peek during this year's um, D23 Expo. Oh yeah. Well, we'll find out when it comes time. You know, you guys. I'll fill in more details as they become available. I hope they keep the cue line music though, because this is the only place in Disneyland where you can hear an accordion. <laughs> Thank you, oh, Wade, for wow. that trivia. <laughs> nice. All right, my turn. Nancy oh. has to be last now. Okay. Um, this time of year is ice cream for breakfast time of year at Give Kids World Village. Yep. Um, and there is an event in Hollywood. Austin Anderson, allegedly from Nickelodeon, and Savvy and Mandy from Radio Disney are hosting an ice cream social and concert at Alta Hollywood, which is at 1714 North McCadden Place in Hollywood. And that's this coming Sunday, July 24th, at from 12 to 4 p.m. General admission is $20, includes admission and a complimentary gift bag. Uh, there's also a VIP admission for $50, where you get to take a photo with, with the alleged stars, and you get a larger gift bag, and all of that information is available on the Give Kids World website. Nice. Cool. And that'll be in the show notes. Of course. All right, you ready, Nancy? 
I am. And I actually have the most exciting. Oh, see how, well, it's worth waiting for that. It, it was. On Saturday, July 15th, the brand new entrance turnstiles are now open at California Adventure Park. And everybody's been excited because that means the walls are gone. You don't have to walk around the walls well, to get the, into the park those now. Those walls, but yeah, okay. They were cute walls, but the the plaza is now open up. Gone are the California letters. Now the Walt Disney World fans um, may may recognize this for looking a lot like Disney and Hollywood Studios. And Disney today uh, released a little more data on the origin of these some. The origin of these things. Um, so the turnstile design is actually inspired by the iconic Pan Pacific Auditorium. Um, the this building was a big, huge concert hall in the Fairfax area, and it was closed after 40 years in 1972. Now, interestingly enough. On May 1st, 1989, when the facade, which was almost full size, um, opened as the entrance to Disney's Hollywood Studios, three weeks later, the original building in Los Angeles was actually destroyed in a fire. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Um, the architects for that auditorium were Walt Disney's neighbor, Welton Beckett. So that was kind of a little bit of thing, and he's the one that told Walt to invent WED. So... Oh, geez. I, uh, while you were talking, I was Googling to see if I could f- find a picture of the old actual auditorium. Mm-hmm. And the second picture comes up is the auditorium on fire. Oh, <laughs> no. Great. But I thought that was but really I see, ironic. I see, I see make... the, the, the pillars and stuff just like California Adventure on fire. But anyway. Yeah. So, so that's kind of really interesting. And then now, since all of this is open, on Sunday, they're actually going to shut down and – they're going to start construction work removing the Golden Gate Bridge. So like, street is all right street is already starting. Are so, they going to shut it down like Carmageddon? I mean, they're removing a bridge. Yeah, do they need Do they need Austin Kutcher well, to come in and do a PSA? Yes, I think one so. Of, one of the things I was thinking was when are they actually scheduling the monorail to go offline? Because in order to do this um, facade. Unless they're doing it in little tiny, taking it down in in bits, the, it's going to take them a while. They're going to need to shut down um, and schedule the monorail offline. Yeah, unless it'll be intermittent, I'm sure. Unless they go smoking the bandit with the monorail and it just jumps and goes <laughs> over the missing bridge. I can I I can well, dream. I th- you know the the bridge is I mean they're not going to be playing with the monorail track it's just everything around yeah. it. Yeah, so. I mean the bridge is basically a facade. Yeah. So they'll be working to install a facade of the historic Glendale Hyperion Bridge, which goes over Interstate Five. Is that really historic or? Yeah, it is. It's okay. be- it's a beautiful, beautiful bridge. Will I recognize it? Yes, actually. Do I do I, pa- it. do I pass it? Yes, you do. As a matter of fact. Okay. Cool. Okay, Okay. that will do it for Rapid Fire. Let us talk about the Phineas and Ferb Rock and Rollin' Dance Party. Nancy, you saw that, didn't you? So, last weekend, the girls and I packed up, and we headed down to California Adventure to check out the Rock and Rollin' Dance Party. And I think if you're a Phineas and Ferb fan, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. I'll say that right now. Um, 
the biggest complaints we've been hearing and the biggest question we've been hearing on the board is one of the things you should know going straight into this is there is not a meet and greet where you can get individual pictures with Phineas and Firm. So once you take that knowledge and come to terms with it, I think you have you have more of a chance of really enjoying the show. Do you know why there's not? Because I I mean everywhere you go, people are wearing the shirt, the pyramid oh, shirt, and I think that would just add to. Okay. I mean, there's well, people let's... that might go to California Adventure just to meet Phineas and Ferb character. Yeah. Costumes. You know, I think as of right now, they don't necessarily have a place to put them. Now, this show is an interesting hybrid. Let's start off actually talking about the real show. This show is an interesting hybrid. It is a mix. For those of you who like the interactivity of the high school musical show or the Green Army Men show, it's kind of a mix of both of those type events. Um, for those not familiar, I mean, most of y'all are familiar with the high school musical show that never died. <laughs> Just change the number on the sign. Yeah. Change the number on the sign, throw a few new songs in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Green Army Men show, they had a Jeep, I believe. Wasn't a Jeep? I never saw them that often. Yeah. But they had a Jeep and they drove around um, the Paradise Pier area of the park and they stopped up over by Ariel's Grotto, and they had an interactive show with the kids where they did different things. Um, and it was just a really good interactive time. It was actually the drummers that used to play in Tomorrowland. Oh, there we go. The janitor, the janitor, the ones that played the on, on, yeah, on, the, on the trash cans. Yeah. So, you know, it's, a mi- it's kind of a mix of that kind of more personal show, and then, but it's a musical singing production. So... You can be anywhere in the Paradise Pier Loop. They start off coming in. Oh, where's that stupid gate that they come out from? Um, Next to the Malaboomer? Yes, next to the. I I guess they they pull out somewhere there. Rest in peace. When we were eating at um, when we were eating at um, Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta. Yeah, that whole area. That, that thingy, thingy restaurant over there. Yeah. That new Paradise Garden area. Um, when we were eating at Paradise Gardens. It was incredibly distracting for my children's meals because here comes Phineas and Ferb's a little too young to drive omatic. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Which is a, a wonderfully converted, converted vehicle that contains a platform and a disco ball and lots of speakers. And it's, it's quite the, um, quite the uh, souped up vehicle. Because, you know, as you know, the, the fun quotient has gone down in California Adventure with all the walls and stuff. So Phineas and Ferb had to kind of take it into their own hands to make a party bus. I have a question. Um, yes. I know Phineas and Ferb have all these inventions and a lot of times they're vehicles. Are any of those in the show? The vehicle itself that they come in on is one of their inventions. That we've seen on the show. Like, if you watch the show, you oh, know what it is. No, this is a whole new, you know, because it's never the okay. same thing twice. Yeah. No, 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 I know. That was, I was just wondering. Okay. So, anyway, so they come driving in. They're actually escorted in the front by two fireside girl dancers. 
and they assist Phineas and Ferb and a rather boisterous DJ um, to teach people how to dance and join in. So they come in and they park in front of Ariel's, right in front of that big buoy that marks the entrance to the Pacific or the Paradise Pier area, um, and by the entrance to the Pacific Wharf area. So it's just in that central plaza. They tape it off so you know where to stand. And they come driving up. They pull in, and they announce that they're doing a dance party, and they invite the kids to come and join in. Um, the mix will be different depending on who's there. But they start off doing a medley of your favorite Phineas and Ferb songs. Now, um, do you guys have any favorite Phineas and Ferb songs? As much as I made fun of you for Squirrels in My Pants a couple episodes ago, it's the best song by far. I'm grooving to it right now. S to the I, yeah. to the P. Squirrels, squirrels. And especially the rappers that are with them. They make me laugh, so I can't. Oh, I know. I, have, I, have to, I know it's cliche, but I have to go with Squirrels in My Pants. Well, of course, Squirrels in My Pants is obvious. You can't do one of these without Squirrels in My Pants. Um, they actually start you off with uh, Gitchy Gitchy Goo. Okay. Which that's I know the, is the, personal favorite. That's the love handles, right? No, that's no, not the love. No, that's the contest. Okay. But they one of the things I really like about this is they. I'm not going to tell you all the songs they pick because that would be kind of, you know, taking some of it away. But they try to hit almost every genre. And what they've done in this show is they've come up with either choreography that was in the actual they've taken some of the choreography from the actual um, segment in the in the show and translated that into the dancing and so it's really simple to teach little kids how to dance and the kids really seem to be enjoying themselves it's kind of fun they have you know some similar interactive dancing bits like high school musical um, did and I thought it was, you know, I thought for what it was, it was really entertaining. My girls seemed to really have a good time with it. And now it's showing every day starting at 1130. I think the current times are 1130, 1230, 130, and then they take like an extra half hour and then they move, what, to the 45s, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's like 245, 345, and 445 are the last shows. But like I said, they drive around the whole Paradise Pier area, so you know when the show is coming. But it's just in one location. They just it is just in. They perform just in one location. Now, the one cool thing I I did want to include. Remember how I said there was no um, official meet and greet. If your child is out there in the performance group, you know if your kid's gone up and danced with everybody, which they do encourage. One of the things they do is they do um, yell out. Moms and dads, we want to take a picture with our new friends. And get your cameras ready. And so everybody who's participated, the Fireside Girls, wrangle them on up. And there's a big, giant group picture with Phineas and Ferb. Well, that's pretty cool. So that's it's a way of at least getting something of a commemorative. Are all the characters there? Is, is Doofenshmirtz and Jeremy? No, unfortunately no Doofenshmirtz? He's the no Doofenshmirtz. So is it just, just Phineas and Ferb, the two Fireside Girls, and the DJ? And Perry is on the truck. Right. 
<laughs> but he's not being he's not being the one he's not being the secret agent Perry. He's just no, being no. Unfortunately, no. That's you know, as Perry as Perry is kind of as a Perry character is really size wise out of place with the other ones. That's you true. You know, when you make him walk around, it, I mean, Phineas and Ferb have some big old heads on them. But I'm pretty yeah. impressed about how they can dance. They've got some really good dancers. Or I should say Phineas and Ferb are very Thank good dancers. Phew, <laughs> mm, okay. that was close. Yeah. The okay. vehicle actually looks pretty cool. Um, it is. It's got a moving stereo system. And and they did a really nice job with Phineas and Ferb themselves. I'm, I'm looking at a video of the show, and uh, it, it, it looks really fun. It is. I mean, and, and Phineas and Ferb will, besides doing their dancing routine, they will interact somewhat with the kids and dance maybe occasionally individually, but they've got them on a pretty strict choreography. So don't expect them to be wandering around necessarily high-fiving everyone as they go through it. That's more the job of the Fireside Girls. Cool. Looks like There's a fun a little show. Surprises. There's a few surprises, and I won't go into those either. Um, but if you're interested, you can catch it, like I said, several times a day. And pretty much the show ends when Candace finds out about it. Uh-oh. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you pretty much hear the mom cry, and that's their cue. So so that's pretty much it, exactly what you would expect from the show. And I really thought, like I said, I really thought it was a good mix of songs. I think kids of all ages will enjoy it. But how long does it last? I'd say it's about 15 to 20 minutes long. There's, I believe, six songs, all high energy. And you know what? If you want to kind of get a sneak preview and check it out, hit the blog, www.disunplugged, and we'll have photos and even some video um, from the show. So you can check it out. Cool. Thank you for that, Nancy. Next, we're going to talk about the Wilderness Explorer Camp that they that Russell from Up has set up at the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. So who else was not expecting this to be as cool as it was? I think we kind of alluded to that last show. Is our We had great expectations for this goofy overlay of, of Mulholland madness. You mean and, of light blue paint? Yes, thank you. And virtually no expectation for this um, up overlay for the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. And I think I was pleasantly surprised. How about you, Tony? I was too, especially compare, comparing the two. Well, and I was expecting much, and then I went, "Hey, now it actually works." And I'm well, assuming they spent virtually no money on this thing. I mean, with with you know just a few signs and the maps. And can I say how impressed I was that a simple piece of paper made all of the difference in the world? I know. I, it's almost like, why didn't we think of this? Yeah. Okay, one of you guys want to start off by telling them what they actually did? Okay. Um, they actually have Russell. Russell has set up a wilderness explorer camp for young guests and only young guests, and I'm still bitter about not being able to get a map myself. I yeah. know, me too. Um, and so you go into the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail, and the park ranger will hand, hand, you a, hand young guests a map. And in that map is six different activities for young guests to do, young wilderness explorers to do. And it basically gives them an opportunity to do the different things in the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. But 
as they do them, they get to earn a quote-unquote badge toward their senior wilderness explorer badge. Okay. Hmm. I was talking to people at my daughter's preschool because they were so excited about the map that Lily actually had to take it in and show all the teachers at the preschool. And people who were familiar with California Adventure and who went to California Adventure a lot didn't even realize this area existed. And I was really surprised by that. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised by it because of it's so easy to just bypass that area if you're yeah. not thinking or if you're looking yeah, get- for just rides. Yeah, and I guess you could see, you could maybe think that it's somehow related to the hotel if you don't know what you're doing, because it's right, kind of on the side. Well, and there's a lot of trees and stuff. I mean, it's definitely bordered with the trees, so you really can't tell what's behind that area mm-hmm. unless you actually go through the gate. Yep. So I, I was just really surprised by how many people really didn't, had never been in that area, and people with children. So it's located right directly. The entrance to this is just zigzagged a little bit off from the entrance to the Grizzly River Rapids ride, just right at the very end of the hotel. So the, anyway, back to back to you, Tom. Thank you for that, Nancy. Sorry. No, that's okay. I, just, I okay. thought it was a good awareness level. <laughs> I'm just playing. Okay, so there are six different uh, badges. The wilderness explorers have to uh, do some animal tracking, uh, they have to test their bravery, they have to do some rock climbing, um, they have to howl like a wolf, um, let's see, what's, they have to find out what their animal spirit is, and then they have to do some puzzle solving. Yep. And did, a lot of those activities a lot of those activities were the same activities that they had before, right. but now they were incorporated in this story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, which mm-hmm. I thought was mm-hmm. awesome. It really brings, I thought it really, um, the way, the use of the new signs, the use of the map, my kids have been through that area dozens of times. Right. And they never really paid attention to things that all of a sudden they were paying attention to now. I agree 100%. It was just kind of randomly, especially if they're toddlers, okay, now I want to do this, now I want to do this. And I never, it was kind of like, okay, I'm just following my kid wherever they're going. Oh, now they're going there? Okay, I guess we're going over here. But actually, for me, too, was, oh, now that it was, I mean, really, all they did was make directions. But they did it in such a cool way that now you actually went to every piece of that area, saw everything, and it flowed well. So kids have their maps, and they go from place to place. Bring a penny. Yeah, exactly. Bring a penny. Have a coin handy. Yeah, I didn't, that, I, I know this seems minute, but... It could be a little easier to scratch off the little badges. I'm just saying, <laughs> especially when it's hot and you're sweating. And yeah, they're not fingernail scratch offable like most lotto tickets are. One thing I need to mention is the rock climbing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no sandals or flip flops are allowed on that rock climbing wall. And there is a minimum height. Oh, well, there's the- a minimum height on that, and also on the on the smoke jumpers, the yeah. zip line. But yeah, we had a little issue with with sandals. So well, you know, they they t- what they told us was because we did have a minimum height, and the girls were both wearing flip flops. Mm-hmm. Is they had them go over to the Boulder Bears. 
Okay, over so they by had the an little rock slide. Alternate. So they they said, you know what? For you guys, if you climb on the rocks over there at the Boulder Bears, which are just basically a bunch of rocks mm-hmm. that they, you know, small rocks. Now let's talk about this rock climb because the rock climb isn't. Um, it's not. You're not going up. up no, you're quick. just going sideways. Yeah. 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 So you're only about a. All the rock stanchions are like about a foot, foot and a half off the ground yeah. at the at the bottom. Yeah. No worries there, and there is a rubberized surface under there. They fall did, off. did you see any alternate for the smoke jumpers? Um, you know, we didn't get over there because we were running out of time. We had to start heading oh, home. Oh, so they didn't complete their badge. Oh, so, so, sad. so we're saving it for the next so, time. So sad. And I think actually Lily's too small. So next time we'll we'll go and we'll fi- find out what the alternative for that one is. Awesome. Okay. But oh, and the hoot and holler logs were closed when we were there too. Oh. So, so the big log slide. So what they did was they just had them howl like a wolf. You're supposed you to howl like a wolf while you're sliding down the slide. Right. And so they just had them howl like a wolf and stand there, and then she scraped them off. For I really like how the, the park rangers are into this. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. And I, as someone who has an older kid um, and who loved it when he was young, we hadn't gone for a few years because it wasn't something that he wanted to do anymore. You know, now I want to go on California Screaming and do stuff like that. I think you were there, Tom. Yeah. I think he enjoyed it now that there was a challenge. This first, yeah, there was a challenge, which yeah. I think was interesting. I think more if your kids had stopped going, I think they might want to go. It was just kind of funny. It's almost like we're tricking them. Hey, now look at it. And now that there's a. A goal and a challenge a, a and kind of a little story. Of, a checkoff list. Yeah, they. Yeah. I think he enjoyed it more, and I don't. And I just, I, the simplest change I've ever seen with the biggest benefit I've ever seen. I mean, the, well, I mean, it, it's a perfect fit with the the wilderness explorer thing. I mean. It really oh. is. I mean, my kids were not only looking for Kevin's tracks, but they were actually now starting to pay attention to all the great animal tracks that have always been in the trails. Now, did they find Kevin's tracks? Yes, they Track. did. Yeah, I thought that was a great way to slide Kevin's tracks into there, too, because they didn't have to rearrange or do anything different. To yeah. the existing, you know, it was a very low cost option. Yeah, Tony couldn't find it, and it, it was so good. No, I couldn't. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't. It was sad. I started. I cried, and then a ranger came over and said, "It's okay. What will help you?" And then I felt a little better. Aww. <laughs> How touchy feely. So once your once your wilderness explorer completes all six activities, um, several times a day, Russell will hold a ceremony at the Awani Camp Circle. And award them their senior wilderness explorer badge, which is actually a sticker that they go on, that goes on the back of their back of their map. Um, we didn't get that opportunity because we, we were like between times because it's only like what, five or six times a day. Yeah, yeah, it's like six times, and it's posted um, at the entrance to the Iwana right. the Iwana Camp Circle. But I was kind of impressed that we didn't really miss out. Because as we were going out, the park ranger at the exit awarded them their badge and yep. didn't just stop there. He made them read the official Wilderness Explorer motto. Yes. He made them do the Wilderness Explorer sign. And so it was, it was you know, all the stuff that they probably would have gotten with the, with the ceremony with Russell, except without Russell. Which is kind of cool that they didn't just, oh, here's your sticker. Yeah, I know. And then we got to actually 
see the character. Yeah, we did get to see Doug. And he was that I I mean it was like a real dog. I just loved how good that the the character was. Doug is Doug, yes. I mean, but they like they just how I mean how well they did with <laughs> Doug. My girls were really sad that Doug wasn't there. They wanted to see Doug. We missed him you know why in, he ran out. away when he saw that you guys didn't finish it. Actually, no, he wasn't there the entire time we were there. Oh wow, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, he saw yeah. a squirrel. Squirrel. He did. He finally <laughs> saw a squirrel. Now you know what? Not that I want to have Disney sell more things. I think it would be cool if across the way they said, if you have a sticker on this thing and you want to buy a real badge. Ooh. I like. I just like swag and and little, you know, souvenirs and stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just think it would be cool to like a patch for my backpack. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just. Think yeah. So not that I'm encouraging more sales, but I am. So no, I think that would have been like the cream on the cake. Maybe they could even have like a little kiosk somewhere. And may- oh, there you go. I mean, even I mean, there's plenty of room to have a kiosk. Now, where did you guys actually meet Doug? Did you meet him in the camp circle, or did you meet him um, in the back and um, behind the map in that area? That yeah, was exactly. Behind the, ma- behind the map, I think it is. Okay. Well, if they do the badge thing, we should get a cut. <laughs> Or give and that's kids, why or, they don't take advice from podcasters. Or yeah, or give kids or a world. Yeah. That's what we should do. So yeah, I was really, really, really impressed with this. You guys the so the only the only thing I problem I see with this is little 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 kids will need help from their from their um, wilderness explorer a grown up uh, doing yeah. the the puzzle solving and reading some of the signs. Yeah. But you know what? It was kind of neat that we all did this together. Mm-hmm. It's a good yeah. family activity, yeah. Yeah, whereas before I would send him off and kind of sit there. And let him run and play, yeah. Yeah, and now we were all together. Oh, I think I know what this one is. And I know that's to get all touchy-feely. That's the word of the week. Um, to get back to what Walt's original intent of the park was, of Disneyland, was families all together enjoying it. And I think now... This is a lot more enjoyable for the entire family. Nicely said. That'll do it for this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening. 